Hello and welcome to another episode of Media Munchers. I'm Athian. And I'm Asian. And uh, we got some spicy, spicy news today. We have, um, we have some spicy news in that Johnny Depp won a lawsuit against Amber Heard uh, after that high-profile mm. trial. We can get into that later. Yeah, yeah, I did hear that. I heard about those things. And an equally important news, yeah. Owen Wilson got his uh, rims and tires stolen off his uh, Tesla. Oh, man. What? Yeah. Wow. You know wow. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> equally important, if you ask me. And um, sure. <laughs> I guess you got a trailer for us later, right? It's a, yeah, yeah, the, the menu. The menu. Just came out today, six hours ago. Oh. Seven hours. Well, it'll be longer than that when we record the rest of this. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. We also have Kenobi, episode one and two. It's finally here. We're a little late, but it is what it is. And um, finally, we have the Top Gun Maverick review. So after 36 years, a little bit longer of a wait. Yeah. We set it up. Let's get into the news. I will pull up the uh, Johnny Depp. Amber Heard, uh, thing in the Bobby, Amber Heard. They've been in court for a minute, right? Trying to right. work out some, uh, some stuff, you know, relationship-wise. Yeah. And um, you know, the case is finally settled. The jury has decided. Johnny Depp wins the lawsuit against Amber Heard after this high-profile trial. There was a lot of shenanigans, a lot of chicanery, if you would. I didn't follow it too closely, but I would see the memes. You know, Amber Heard, et cetera, et cetera. Good times. Yeah. Uh, I I could say this without knowing the full context, like in in all its depth and glory. It did not look like a winning battle. Every time this woman was on screen, she was spewing some nonsense. There was like cross examiners and like experts being like wrong, Photoshop, this, that. Like it just did not look good. Yeah. Not a good look. Um, and I guess the jury sussed that out because um, Depp had filed that $50 million lawsuit uh, over that op-ed she published when she basically said she was a domestic abuse survivor. And the jury awarded Depp $10 million in compensatory damages and $5 million in punitive damages. The judge adjusted the punitive damages to 350000 as per Virginia law. It, like, it limits all that. Okay. All that means is that Homeboy got a fat check for just yeah. countersuing. And I was like, wow, what a messy situation. Huh. But the water cooler talk is over. It's done. Yeah. Still looking forward to memes, or you're over it? How you feel? I haven't been paying attention to the memes. <laughs> you haven't seen the memes? No, I've seen some, but like... I'll show you some. I haven't like... I'll show you more off the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> there's there's some amusing ones. Um, but everyone a lot of a lot of the jokes are the same. So yeah, primarily shit on the yeah. yeah, there's other ones too, but it's primarily that. <laughs> uh, and and less um legal news, but still legal. Uh, Owen Wilson had his rims and tires stolen off his Tesla outside his Santa Monica home. That sucks. You gonna do it? Wow. Thank you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people said he said when he uh when he found it. Um, but yeah, it was parked right outside his crib, and he walked out to find the wheels and rims missing from his pricey whip. Yeah, uh, estimates say it'll cost maybe like four thousand to replace everything, which of course is a drop in the bucket for these guys. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it just makes you go, wow. "Wow!" You know, looking forward to seeing him in Loki season two. Yeah, yeah. is that I, officially? I, I hope they bring him back. I hope. I would hope so. I think he was a favorite. I think yeah. people liked him. Yeah, yeah. I especially liked him calling Loki on his bullshit every turn. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Beautiful thing to say. To see. Uh, no arrests have been made. I'm sure he'll figure out the new tire situation and maybe park his car in a safer spot next time. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get into the trailer? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> well, I don't know what we're talking about. You want to talk about I have no movie? information on, this, on <laughs> these topics. Okay, hold on. To be fair, that's the entire article. Like, there is no other information. If you want to know more, yeah, yeah. cops are checking for surveillance footage for a glimpse of suspected thieves or thieves. But so far, no arrests have been made. Yeah. There's, there's nothing else to it. It's just a fun headline. I mean, not for him, of course, but I'm amused. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, uh, do you want me to play it on the, on the screen? Um, yeah, sure. Right, you, do. you don't like it, Big A. You can bring better news. <laughs> Gosh. Right. I just don't have anything to add. <laughs> that could be what you have to add. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> okay, let's rewind this. Let's start the menu trailer, y'all. Horror movie calling it. Murder mystery? Mm, I'm not sure. Cult movie? It feels like it. Right? Anya Taylor-Joy? From yeah, Northland? from... Yeah, Northland. That was uh, Anna, not Anya. No, it's Anya. What do you think of Big Apple? Does it have your interest, your intrigue? Are you going to pay money to see this? Money? Yeah. Yeah. I'd see it. You think it's worth 
Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I don't know. I just I don't know if it strays more horror or like murder mystery or like you said, just kind of cult, like the occult yeah. or whatever, and just murder some people here and there casually. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what exactly what's the angle here. Like he said, you're not, you are, but common people. He said that right. He was saying like you're not meant to be here. Mm-hmm. A bunch of common joes, a bunch of schlubs. Is he insinuating yeah. that they're not worthy to eat his yummy dummy? Thick meal. Is that what he's, is that yeah, what he's maybe I don't know. That's kind of like <laughs> classist, no? Like maybe that's what they're talking about. Oh, you think maybe, that could be the message? That's the, yeah, the message. The, the massage. Hmm. Yeah. If it is, let's let's see how they execute it. Could be interesting. Yeah, could be interesting. <laughs> uh, besides the uh, the good looking food and I guess the horror element, did anything else stand out <clears> to you? Excited to see any particular actor? You're just like whatever. Could be cool. I don't know. It could be cool. Could be cool. Yeah. It could be. Who, who else was in there? Anya Taylor Joy. It was uh, oh, that guy from X Men. What's his name? I'm blanking. Um, he plays like a beast dude, the blue beast. Oh right. Um, I feel bad for not knowing the name. I me, mean, I'll have to figure it out. Go back to the little. Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. That sounds about right. Yeah. Chow, Judith Light, Janet McTeer, and John. Leguizamo. Ralph Fiennes, from Wonder Woman. Right. Playing um, the general dude. The, uh, is he the old guy in this? Let's find out. He has a cane. Yeah, I think he's from actually Kingsman, no? Kingsman, yeah. He's yeah, he plays the... Uh, you're right, Ralph Fiennes, a chef. Anya Taylor-Joy is Margaret, Margot, Margaret, I don't know, Margaret. He plays movie star. John Leguizamo. 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 Linguini. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's rude. That <laughs> <It> is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me, because you, okay, to be fair, one, he's not Italian, so it's not weird. Two, it's right. a chef movie, so I think of Ratatouille. And right, it wasn't yeah. his last name, like Languini, even though it wasn't Languini, but that guy made fun right. of him. Yeah. We should watch Ratatouille. Not like anytime soon, but like eventually when we're bored and we want something to review. Yeah, sure. Ratatouille. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. And any other trailers while we're here on IMDb? I mean, I got Pinocchio. You want to watch that trailer? Oh, the new one? I think that just came out, right? It must have. They're just showing me right now. There's also Andor, Boo, Thor, Love, and Thunder. Saw it. You don't care about Stranger. Do you like Stranger Things, Big Apple? Yeah, I'm on the first or the second episode of the recent season that came out. Mm, You liking it so far? Actually, I need to rewatch the first one. I don't remember. Okay, let's do some Pinocchio real quick. We're here. Tom Hanks, a national treasure. Why are you showing me ads, IMDb? That's rude, bro. An ad before we watch an ad. Essentially, yeah. This is America. Is this the Guillermo del Toro? I guess we're going to find out because I have no clue. I don't know the first thing about this production. That is not Guillermo del Toro. Mm -hmm. I I think that one's Netflix. Could be. Oh, is it like the horror one or whatever? No, I I think it's still like a kid. Uh, story but. is this from like is it dragon tales wow we're going for it wow gordon levitt okay i imagine voiceover it's going straight to disney plus straight to disney plus disney plus day it was a uh, september wow. 8th i believe how do you let's talk let's let's unpack that a little bit do you That's feel weird. what's the what's the end game there are they afraid to go to the box office or do they just want more people on their service i think they're thinking that it will keep people on the service or add add more but I don't know that it would. Right. So. I mean, there is money to be made by putting it in the, at the box office because, like, no matter what your budget is, you're going to make some of it back. I mean, minus, usually it's about 50%, I think, the uh, theater keeps or whatever. But still, mm-hmm. better than zero. And, like, you know, just relying on subscriptions. I don't know. It's, it's a weird move. I don't know what they're thinking over there. Yeah. But maybe they're just saving theater space because, like, maybe they don't want to compete with themselves, I guess. Disney's also Marvel. It's also Star Wars. It's also maybe. You know what I mean? I don't know. Bizarre. Let's get in the boardroom. Let's figure it out, big guy. <laughs> let's get over. Let's infiltrate. Yeah, we'll make it a mission. I, I I didn't like that we didn't get to see like a the actual Pinocchio. Well, not even Jiminy Cricket. Like we didn't get to see like a still shot of what he looks like. He's it's kind of like quick. Yeah, right. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like he was always in motion or whatever. Yeah, but he's a cricket man. He's got to keep on hopping. You feel me? I would like to see like. Do you want like a dramatic reveal? Just him, like, <laughs> I don't up? know. Something. What's up, old man? <laughs> what's his What's his name? What's Tom? Uh, what's the old man? Old man Baracol or something? 
Geppetto? Yeah, Geppetto. Geppetto. Oh, look. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Jiminy Cricket. Oh. Keegan-Michael Key is uh, Honest John. Who's who's Pinocchio? Benjamin Evan Ainsworth, otherwise known as Child Actor British. Okay. Do you recognize this uh, actor as um, Giuseppe Battisson, otherwise known as Stromboli, the big burly looking dude who's like a train conductor or maybe like a pastry chef? No, I don't. Let's see what he's known for. Yeah, you don't know him. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know why I brought him up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like a European actor or something. Ah, uh, yeah. The Man from Toronto. You heard about that one? Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the, with uh, Kevin, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart and uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah. Could be worth seeing. Netflix. Netflix. Let's uh, let's check that out while we I can. I don't know. Well, hey. It doesn't cost you a thing other than your normal monthly subscription. So, The Man from Toronto. Just look at the trailer, man. Let's look at the ad. All right, Big Apple. Initial thought? No. Not for you? Oh, It's all right. I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying it's high art, but it seems like it's something you get a little, you know, under the influence for and just kind of turn your brain off. I feel like it's just Kevin Hart sure. being Kevin Hart, man. Yeah. That's what I was feeling. But there's nothing. In this instance, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Could you imagine if the roles were reversed? I don't know. It depends on how good the chemistry is between him and and Woody Harrelson's character yeah because it does seem like from the trailer it takes a few turns like it's literally yeah. as we saw it guy out of fish out of water mm-hmm. work for the FBI for a bit then he gets over his head and then he has to work with the criminal for a bit and then at yeah. some point it has to resolve yeah, yeah also the setup sounds kind of overcomplicated not, well, not overcomplicated but like like uh, overly convoluted or what it's like what are you trying to say well, I don't know. It sounds ridiculous, the, <laughs> the fact that they both have the same nickname. Oh, I see. And that's how they're, they're being confused. Yeah. The man see. from Toronto. That's not. Seems like you'd uh, at least have some yeah. sort of photo ID ready. Like, I don't know. You're the, you're the guy? you the <laughs> guy? you the torturer? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, man. It's, a, it's an excuse for Kevin Hart to be Kevin Hart and make some ha-ha jokes and some action, some few Still got to be a good joke. But I guess you have to watch and find out. I mean, you <laughs> yeah. you probably won't, but someone's got to watch and find out. I'll let you know. I guess so, yeah. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> anyway, I had no idea what it was. Now we know. Yeah. Should we get into the um, the notes for Obi Wan Kenobi episode one through three? Sure, sure. All right, let's uh let's take a little trip back down in time. So one and two, as everyone may recall, uh, aired together, a little double premiere, right? Yep. Uh, should we just get into one? I think. I didn't think uh, starting off with Order 66 was relevant until I had a uh, second watch. Because mm. I was like, if you're not going to show Anakin or Grogu, you know, like, what, what's the point of this? But then I didn't realize that was supposed to be Reva at the beginning getting wrecked. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, uh, Grogu? Yeah, didn't he survive? Isn't it implied? implied well, that he yeah, survived? I guess I guess he's part of it. But he's. N- I-, I wouldn't say that he's tied that much to this no, story? but any opportunity they can be like, hey, Mando season three, y'all remember <laughs> that? I mean, we got I that. I mean, that Boba. would be atrocious if they did. Yeah, I mean, it would be pretty bad yeah. if they did that, but you know. That's kind of what free Boba Fett was. It really was, though. It was like season two and a half. But you know, maybe 2.75, but it could have been that. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's supposed to be Reva, and that makes me more interested in her character than initially I was in terms of like, who shad is she on? What's her true motivations? Because I still right, don't have right. a clear sense of that, even three episodes deep. I'm getting ahead of ourselves, but still. Right. So, um, you know, like, is she an Inquisitor only for means of survival? You know, is she going to help get Obi-Wan caught only to free him? Because obviously we, right. know, have, we know that he's not dead in the originals, you know, in the future when he's right. old, when he's old man. Right, Obi. right. So, like, what exactly is the uh, in-between? Anyway, these are just thoughts permeating in my mind. They don't have of course. To, they don't have to go anywhere. This is just where <laughs> yeah, my head's at, man. You. That's where my head's at. It's a lot of possibilities. Um, but I don't know about you, but I'm not very intimidated by the Inquisitors as they're presented, unfortunately. Um, they seem mildly interesting, but I I don't know. Like, they didn't really... There wasn't, like, a strong establishment of, yeah. of what they're supposed to be. Exactly. It was just kind of like, here we are doing our thing. I was like, what is your thing? Okay, yeah. you're asking questions. Great. But then, like, while they're doing that, it's almost... I know they're... In, to be inquisitive or whatever but they're talking almost too much at least the grand inquisitor was i was like like you're yeah. trying to catch us up but yeah it was less menacing of like yeah one in, one of them being overzealous with the amount of action they want yeah. to take and the other just kind of articulating 
some sort of I don't know, like you, like mild you, threat. Like you mean like, Reva or like the other one? The other you, no, the the main inquisitor. The, oh, okay, the, the grand, grand inquisitor. inquisitor. He, yeah, he was like just like he had this whole dialogue about like the supposed rumor mm-hmm. about the Jedi that yeah, might be among and that's them. supposed to bring it intimidation and like force yeah. the Jedi out of out of hiding. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Reva, he she was more about action or whatever. Yeah, she she took it upon herself to throw the knife. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Force the the Jedi to to make a decision. Yeah, which was uh, and it's like, it was well, pretty it was pretty happenstance that the Jedi happened to be in that pub at that time. Because what if the Jedi wasn't? And right, you're just torching a bunch of people for giggles. Yeah, that almost would have been crazier. Because then you would have <laughs> known they meant business, and then they'd have to like milk information out of a civilian. Yeah, and then go find the Jedi, or maybe the Jedi is like on the street. And mm-hmm. like just passing by when it happened to happen, but it's also like so if if the Grand Inquisitor doesn't want to go that far to like kill all these civilians, like he doesn't mm-hmm. want to, yeah, necessarily kill for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what is his intention? Like, what is he doing exactly doing to to accomplish finding the Jedi that they're looking for? And I think that's the biggest disconnect. I think you just spoke to it because I'm just like, yeah, are you? trying to do your job or you're trying to be menacing because you're kind of failing at both right now i don't know at least that's the way i read it i was like yeah. mm. well i think that it's like that's what reva was getting at with yeah, like with her impatience yeah, or whatever patience but sure even then like that's not necessarily accomplishing what they want right it's just lashing out yeah you know and i guess that does a good job of driving that she's like willing to do anything for her goals because like the show is trying really hard to make you intimidated by her and I believe she's brash and she goes against orders to get what she wants and all of that. Right. Like trying to prove herself, literally, like yeah, even yeah. later down the line we get that. But I still don't have, I have yet to see the justification behind that drive. You know, we're in the day and age where like we want a little more than just one dimensional like villains, so to speak. Like I need to mm-hmm. see where she's coming from or what she really wants. So that's keeping me somewhat intrigued, but it's kind of wearing thin, especially by the end of, by the end of three. They yeah. kind of give you a motivation. We'll get to it. But it's just kind of like yeah. you want to be Grandmaster. Okay, cool. Like. I'm sure we all do. You know what I mean? <laughs> or Grand Inquisitor. Right, right. Sorry. So, yeah. I don't know. 12 minutes in, I checked. And we finally see Obi-Wan making ends meet, like feeding his camel thing, struggling <laughs> not to be a Jedi when he sees injustices, you know? Yeah, yeah. And all that. I'm like, cool. Finally, we got him here. Um, the Jawa interactions were great. I, I appreciated the little banter between the little scavenger slash uh, yeah, thief. Was it, was a, it was a cute little moment. Yeah. Uh, the Uncle Owen interaction was especially nice. I liked him, like, kind of sh- shoving his shit in his face to, to Obi-Wan a little bit. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, I was just <laughs> amused by it. There's a lot of good memes that came from it. You think Nari, that Jedi that was in hiding, did we see oh, exactly right. what happened to him? Because I feel like after Obi-Wan... Yeah, he was, uh, he was hung. Yeah, so he's he was for the sure Jedi dead. Hung. But I, I find it kind of funny that, that they hung him. I mean, mildly funny. That they hung him by, by his shoulders and like they had like a whole like, girdle. Uh, just because, you know, they got to keep it PG-13. Is that what it was, you think? They were trying to like, not More be than too like, graphic with yeah, the... Yeah, yeah. That's kind of goofy. That's kind of. You're better off just like showing a slice and then cutting off yeah. off screen with the, like the head decapitating or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of goofy. Rip Nari <laughs> though, for sure dead now. Uh, Leia was a pleasant surprise, uh, and I really liked her portrayal. I know mm-hmm. some people might not have. I, yeah, yeah, I think she the, was funny. I think the chase scene was a little goofy, but it was endearing. <laughs> I, I got it. I got no, it. it was it was cool seeing that she was like even at a young age she was she was still pretty capable and like with it and really yeah. intelligent too. Yeah, I yeah, appreciated yeah. that. So, um, that call. so all, Leia works for me through and through. I like her a lot uh, as young Leia. Um, that's the last thing is like after she gets caught, like, you know, it's literally Obi-Wan's call to uh, action with her parents hitting her up, hitting yep. him up and like, yo, we need, need you to get her. Yeah. You're our only hope. Not really. They didn't say that, but there's parallels. Anyway. I mean, pretty much, right? Yeah. yeah. Pretty, you know, and yeah. And uh, <laughs> so Obi-Wan has no choice but to go dig his little saber out of the desert, you know, and right. get to work. So that's episode one. Should we get into two? Because there's not much to say other than here's Obi Wan and here's what he has yeah. to do. I, yeah, mean, I mean, it definitely is like a slow burn. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And but I don't know. There's a lot of teasing. Obviously, this mm-hmm. the whole show is just one big tease. You know, like we have it and we're still being teased. We'll get into that. Yeah. But even episode three, I'm just like, what are you? Why are we waiting for the finale here? Um. So episode two, Obi Wan arrives and starts to hunt for Leia on this seedy looking planet. I don't even remember the name, but that's uh-huh. where she's at. Uh, we see that retired clone trooper. Do you remember the name? I don't. Of the, of, I guess of the actor that plays the clone. Trooper. Oh, um, because uh, I recall reading a headline saying that that was the first time that that actor was ever in any clone trooper armor, or something like that. 
like bro bro oh right because they they did I, actually i think they had like one maybe oh they did and then they they cgi'd the rest oh okay gotcha, like gotcha. They used him as reference tomorrow morrison oh okay that's the original uh actor yeah actor? He, he played uh the veteran clone trooper gotcha gotcha very cool very very swag swagalicious Camille Nanjiani. Nice, you got that down. <laughs> Camille Nanjiani. Nice. Yeah. It's got a nice ring to it. Anyway, he's uh, here playing Haja Estri, little city yeah, underworld yeah. type posing as a Jedi to make a buck off of those who need safe passage. And um, Obi-Wan, of course, sees through this deception and gets the info he needs to free Leia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenobi was also really uh, wise to use that spice to get his captors high. And, like, <laughs> yeah, mess did. them up. Like, I was like, I, I appreciate <laughs> seeing those little quick little, I don't know what you'd call it, just smart, slick, like, detective kind of moments you know right you know just trying to figure out how to get the mission done done creatively i appreciated yeah, yeah. that leia and kenobi finally unite in an une- uneasy partnership and leia questions kenobi every step of the way and so mm. he has to dramatically prove that he finally is a freaking jedi when he uses the force to save her i appreciated their little uh interactions at the very beginning and her being super sus of him like how do i know i can trust you asking too mm-hmm. many questions the jedi are gone right like all that stuff right so all of the interaction really works for me and uh, it's nice seeing them two paired up when all all we know really is like Obi Wan and Luke, you know, from the original trilogy. So yeah, yeah, I thought it was it was a cool little contrast. Um, ha- any thoughts on that so far? But keep it moving. No, yeah, I think it was it was cool seeing seeing her uh, interact at such a young age with mm-hmm. with Obi Wan, not having seen seen that side of him before. He's also kind of short with her, is he not? Like especially when she asks about the world and the world's a shitty place. Yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is I like that he's at that point in his in his character arc, if you would, where he's like kind of at his lowest and he's he's been out of it. He's jaded. Mm-hmm. He even I goes so far as to say one of these episodes, like, we lost. Like, that's it. There's nothing else to do. And like he, you can tell he carries all that guilt with him. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's nice seeing her, um, I guess, her hopeful youth trying to like contrast against that and like be like, mm-hmm. no, it's not all bad. There's solutions, right? People want to help, right? And he's like, no, people suck. <laughs> I love yeah. that. It was great. Getting into later in the episode, um, Haja, of course, turns out to be a good guy, and he's like, you know, people want to help you, and I help people get, you know, places. I just do it in an underhanded way or whatever. And so he, <laughs> yeah. you know, ends up having more than one dimension. So that's cool. Um, he also distracts Rava, which proves to be like a nice heroic moment, but then not really because she can just read his mind using the Force, mm-hmm. and like she, it just leads her directly to them. Seeing Rava almost cornering Kenobi was like mildly exciting. I thought like it's more of a tease at the end of the day, but I thought they were actually. Who's gonna whip out the saber? They kept saving it for Vader. He yeah, did not yeah. light that thing until episode three. So like, <laughs> I thought they were gonna have like a quick fight or something, or or some sort of scuffle or skirmish. Yeah. And, and then the Grand Inquisitor shows up, bro. How would you feel about that? I was like, what? I thought Dude. it was weird how quick his death was. Thank you. What yeah. was? Where did that come from? Like, just it. The show's just like she's a badass. Boom, killed someone. But like, where's the justification? Like, is that how yeah. you get your promotion? You just murder people uh, <laughs> ahead of you. And is he? Is he even actually dead after all this whole Darth Maul nonsense? I mean, he he could still be alive, I guess, up, but then right? still, like, then you're taking away from the fact that she just killed, him. she just killed him. Well, she stabbed him. We didn't see yeah. him die necessarily. Right, right. But like that whole the whole gesture, like, or, like what what that would mean. Right. Or, I don't know. And so. he, he was just talking too much. He was like, "Oh, yeah, let weird. me handle it." And then she just straight up stabs him. I'm just like, "What are we doing here? Like, what's going on?" Yeah. And then of course, Kenobi barely gets away, um, but not before uh, Rob. Rava? Sorry. Almost. Uh, Riva? Riva? Riva. 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 I don't know why I typed Rava here. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> um, no, but not before Riva drops that bombshell that uh, Anakin Skywalker is still alive. Right. Like, Vader's yeah. looking for him. Which, first of all, he hasn't heard anything about who Ra- Vader really is in like the 10 years it's been since that. Like, not through underground tunnels, nothing like that. And how does mm-hmm. she know Vader's true identity? Like, how are they that close? You know what I mean? Like, does everyone in the Empire know? Maybe, Vader's yeah. true identity. I thought it was only like upper echelon, like top brass. New. Yeah. You, know you, what think, I mean? you think that's something they're saving for the, like the next few episodes? I feel like there's perhaps, um, and, and especially since Hayden Christensen's back and right, right. They, they teased him, you know, showing up in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Probably what I'm guessing is we're going to get a flashback to maybe like him seeing something in her and maybe sparing her during Order 66. And maybe that's why they have some sort of mm. connection. And if it's not that, then what else could it be? Yeah. I don't know. I'm speculating here, but like I think there has to be something deeper. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. She's too driven, and she's too personally like at Anakin's right hand to not have some sort of history. So we'll see. Um, The PTSD really sold it all over. 
Kenobi's face and all the trauma of all the prequels and that whole bombshell dropping. So that was a great moment acting wise. Um, and overall, you know, these two episodes are okay. Nostalgia was nice. They get away in the little ship and whatever. He's all shook. Leia's like, you good? He's like, he's not good. Um, yeah. and, and I was really excited to see what's next. And then we get to episode three, Big A. What are your thoughts? Talk to me. Episode three? Episode three. We finally get to see yeah. Vader and Kenobi stand off. And it's just kind of meh. I mean, not everything. Yeah. Granted, Vader showing up and like everyone just going quiet and him just like torturing and like just messing and like just, just pure evil all over the streets, snapping necks with the force, choking <laughs> yeah. people, literally dragging Kenobi out, I guess you with the force, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's forced to send um, that person who helps, I don't even know, what, it's like a Empire General, a former Empire General, that, that woman mm-hmm. who is no longer like doesn't agree with the Empire's ways and she's agreeing to help Leia escape with Kenobi. Right, yeah. I forgot I, her character's Did they name. give her a name? I don't I'm know sure she has a name. I just don't remember. But it was the, my, my point of bringing her up was yeah. that you can find that real quick. Is that it's nice to see that not everyone in the Empire thinks the same way. And like people joined up when they thought it was one thing and they realized it was another. It just yeah, shows that it's yeah. not like an entirely a monolith of people. Like, you know, it's different people joining mm-hmm. for different reasons. Right. Like we saw that, that mole. Yeah. And where he was coming from. Yeah. And he, he was just wants some order, order and peace. And he's just like an old. Right. An older soul who just, you know, doesn't want all the riffraff. Is it Tala? Oh, you're right. That's Tala. Oh, okay. I was tripping. Cool. You're right. Yeah, I guess we should backtrack a little bit before we get into Vader. Let me, let me give some order to this. Excuse me. <laughs> Episode three for me. Yeah, yeah. It was a mixed bag for me, right? On one hand, it's nice to see good character interactions between Obi-Wan and uh, Leia, especially regarding like her mother later, because mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're lost on this planet. They're looking for the next connection. They're looking for the next way out, right? Yeah. And, um, on the way to meet that, they're lost. They get picked up by Mr. Mole guy who just wants, you know, order and peace or whatever. And then they have that whole thing where, like, they have to stop and some stormtroopers come in and they're kind of pestering him. Who are you? What do you want? And all this. So, like, they have to make yeah. up some BS story. Again, we see Leia's quick thinking. Like, a, another good moment. I like how intelligent she is. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they have that touching moment where everyone was a little too about knowing her mother or whatever, losing her mother. Ooh. <laughs> are you my daddy? I wish I could say I was. I was like. <laughs> are you for daddy <laughs> it's a weird it's a wacky fan theory i know yeah, it's not yeah. true but oh, okay. it would be interesting um so anyway uh yeah like you said they uh they get to the um little checkpoint obi-wan again has to whip out the blasters and figure everything out and that's when we meet mm-hmm. the, the empire general who actually turns on some stormtroopers and is actually willing to help them out i guess that is the connection she said she was right, on the way right. tala said she was on the way to get them from the field and was held up or whatever yeah yeah so, I guess so. something like that Something. So uh, they finally get to safety, and then they get to her hideout and meet that little mover droid, and they're about to escape out the escape tunnel when, boom, Vader shows up. Yep. Tension's there. You can hear a pin drop. He's wrecking people, twisting necks, force-choking people, trying to pull out Kenobi. You can still see the terror in his face. This is the first time seeing him in the flesh, you know, like in fully suited up as Vader. Yeah, yeah. It was all a very nice moment. I was like, this is intense. Like, this is cool. I'm glad we see him there. And then um, James Earl Jones is back. He's back. Yep. I, I, I read an article before we watched this saying that he's not confirmed. I'm like, bro, that just means he's back. Like if, you're <laughs> gonna, if, you, if it's not a no, it's a yes, straight up. I already did <laughs> a no and they're just lying. Uh-huh. But how do you not get him back? He's alive and well, last I checked. So. Yeah. Um, also, did you like how they made the voice sound more like the 80s? Like they did the, some oh, good processing. They? From what I can remember, okay. it, is, it wasn't kind of like, I don't, I don't remember how good it was in Rogue I don't know Rogue. how different it could have sounded. But, well, yeah. I don't know. He, he's an old man now. He wasn't what he was true, true. back in the Dizzy. You feel me? Yeah. Maybe they took out some lower end. Maybe it's just super deep. But mm. no, I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know. They, they they did it right. It sounds it sounds good. It sounds just like it was back in the day. My nostalgia my nostalgia yeah. lens is perfect right now. But yeah, it was it was kind of rough once he finally got out there when Ben got out there to draw out Vader and fight him. Like the yeah. suspense and horror was kind of there here and there, and then it was kind of like man, he's just losing it. Like his was it his PTSD winning him over? He was just super flustered. Like Ben was just he was right. rough, dude. He was just getting like Vader was one handing, like Vader fighting him. It was, <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of looked dude. a little awkward. It was right. I don't know if it was the choreography or maybe maybe because like, I mean he, he was barely like using his his anything left arm. Dude, fucking Ben was on the floor half yeah. the fight, just like kind of skirting <laughs> like away and stiff, running away. He was like swatting. I mean, he's out of it. Like, listen, from a story point of view, I get it. He's right. been out of the game 10 years. He hasn't been training. He's all shook. He's in hiding. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of history. I get all that. But just how it was visually represented, I was like, what is this? Is like, it was slow. It was kind of awkward mm-hmm. at times. But when it got really good is when he cornered him and he, like, bust down all those, like, natural resources that were flammable. Vader's yeah, just yeah. like, Psh, and he's like, I'm going to make you feel what I felt. That was crazy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. that's a good moment. And, of course, Kenobi's just getting burnt to a crisp. 
somewhat. Um, I don't know. We don't see those burns in the original trilogy. So maybe he gets the a back to tank pretty soon or something. Yeah, but, maybe. But it was it, that was a great moment. And then he kind of just like lets him go. I know like Tala helps him out. Mm-hmm. But like, I know they had to do that for the story's sake. But I was like, that's just kind of a weird. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's just a weird resolution to that whole yeah. conflict. Like, I don't know. I feel like there should have been a stronger force coming between them than just water. I mean, not water, <laughs> uh, fire. Fire. <laughs> And also, yeah. wouldn't like Anakin be more like triggered by fire and flames, or he's like just using it to feed him? Oh, like it's part of his PTSD. Yeah, like wouldn't that know, like, like not even like a step back or nothing, just kind of like just like yeah, flames. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I just I figured it could have been a nice moment to show something other than just right. evils. Uh, but it was. Still I wonder nice. if they didn't delve into like, I mean, they they kind of have, but they haven't like made it like a huge point as to why Obi Wan is so. Uh, or aligned with the force well I think it's he described it how did you like that description when she's like what's the force like like how's it feel and yeah it like, feels like when the light is like warm yeah like Comfort. warmth and just all around you or whatever yeah, yeah if it's like that ever present it's like you said how does he feel like so out of it or so not connected like do you have to meditate mm-hmm. regularly to maintain your strength like your chakra levels so to speak you know <laughs> right, what I mean yeah like what is it you know or yeah, yeah. or is it a really a mental block it's like he's so triggered and like just so guilt-ridden by mm-hmm. what happened to Anakin how he failed him but I don't know he just doesn't feel like facing that or moving forward you know what I mean mm-hmm. and he also for two episodes in a row now I feel like calls on his master so and we were we were talking about it watching it do yeah. you think Qui-Gon's gonna come back and sort of force ghost or maybe show him how there's to... rumors that he he could that Liam Neeson's coming back but... I mean or, as long as it serves it yeah. you know what I mean I think it I mean he's called him out so many times I feel like at least at the very least the voice if not like actual visible mm-hmm. you know force ghost or something but he needs to get his mojo back like this is like the mid-season finale if you would and he is just not winning ben is just like not with it yeah. so he needs to get his meditation on he needs to like regroup maybe do some training i don't know something okay. something man I think we're gonna see a rocky style workout <sighs> we're, at For this sure. point we're gonna have to bro montage. we're gonna need to see that montage because <laughs> it is rough out in the streets man i don't know it's it's not looking good <laughs> we're halfway through the series and I don't know. I still feel somewhat underwhelmed. Like I really hope the last three are better. Yeah. I don't know if it's a pacing thing. I or feel like it, it a writing thing seems a bit like a pacing thing, right? Also, I think the writing's not great. It really isn't when it comes to Reba, especially that. I I have some notes about that, but go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, what do you know? Well, just so. like the side plot as a whole with the Inquisitors, it seems mid. Like just really mid. Mm-hmm. Like they don't seem menacing enough. I haven't had I I have on the surface like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, Reba's yeah. motivation is that she wants to be Grand Inquisitor. Da 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 da. Whatever. Sure, that could mean anything. Like that could just be a straight up lie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She maybe she just wants more power. But like I still think there's some sort of personal through line that we're not seeing that hasn't been alluded to just yet, mm-hmm. like, other than in the opening scene. And I don't fully buy her as just pure evil. Like I just feel like it's an act, and she's just it's just a means to an end. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it just seems like she's trying too hard to be way too hard. Yeah, and I just don't, like I don't buy it. I don't, and the Inquisitors thing is like this. Maybe could have been their own show, or just if you're gonna write it into this one, make it better. It just seems like a really weak B plot, in my opinion. I don't know. I don't like it, and <laughs> uh, and like they could have just focused way up on the Kenobi stuff, and you know, if you wanted to make more side missions or meet other people, that could have been a thing too. You know, people yeah. to help him find his way when he's down or something. Kind of like what I think they were going for with uh Haja. I believe this was his name, the little CD, right. fake Jedi, sort of something like that. But, you know, limited episodes, you can't have someone tag along the whole show and all that. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of underwhelmed and I don't like what they're doing exactly 100%. Hmm. So I think they need to pick it up big time. <laughs> it's, it's no bueno. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Am I tripping? No, no. I Am think I tripping? You're pretty accurate with that. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, <laughs> kind of waited a long time for Although this. Although I, I enjoy the writing when it comes to like Leia and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that's the strongest yeah. part. Like, that's literally the highlight of the show right now, at least. Because mm-hmm. whenever they interact, it's just great. It's like, okay, I believe they would say that. I believe they would say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's mild moments where I'm like, ah, that's cool. Like the stormtrooper falling down and getting cut in half on the gate. <laughs> yeah, like, that was ah, cool. nice. <laughs> but then other than that, I'm just like, prisoners come on screen. I'm like, yeah. We go to the next scene now. <laughs> I just don't care. I don't know. They haven't made me care, and I'm not intimidated by them. I'm just like, eh. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yep. They have a sequel to Top Gun. Um, so without further ado, should we get into that review? Yeah. Let's get right into it, Big Apple. Uh, quick overview. 
So Top Gun Maverick, directed by Joseph Kaczynski. Uh, it's a sequel, obviously, to the 1986 film by the same name. Um, stars Tom Cruise as Captain Pete Maverick, quote-unquote, Mitchell, prizing his role from the original alongside Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Glenn Powell, Lewis Pullman, Ed Harris, and Val Kilmer, who also reprises his role from the original installment. Set 36 years after its predecessor, it follows Maverick's return to the United States Navy Strike Fighter Tactics Instructor... Oh, my God, that's such a long name. Instructor Program, also known as Top Gun. Right. A little more succinct. <laughs> where he must confront his past as he trains a group of younger fighter pilots, among them the son of Maverick's deceased, spoiler, best friend, Goose, as per the Wikipedia page. There's your overview, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, my initial thoughts, quickly. I heard good things leading up to this, and based on the trailers and Cruz's recent action movie track record, I had a great feeling about this movie. I was like, it's probably not going to be like stellar, but I'm sure it's going to be entertaining at the very least and like you know, yeah, decently yeah. put together and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and keep in mind, like, when I was looking forward to this, Cruz likes going big, and, like, he's a bit of a perfectionist at this point, and he likes putting on much of, like, as many practical, like, stunt and action set pieces, like, is, as much of that as, as, he can, as he can do in camera, he will do, right? Right, right. Like, with the Dubai stunt, you know, like, with the revival of Mission Impossibles, and uh-huh. the, that water, that weird water dam nuclear stunt, all of that, he, like, really did yeah. all of that. Being so, on the side of a plane. Yeah, on the side of a yeah. plane with a weird giant glass, like, eye contact lenses so he didn't dry his eyes out like all of that like insurance companies hate this man you feel me so yeah exactly so i knew we'd be in for a treat like visually like he would do as much as like people would allow him to do you know within right the confines of the law and all that and sure enough i mean right out of the gate he delivers we are met with maverick having to beat a clock on that special like what would you call it like um special like secret fighter pilot um testing i don't know it's almost like a spaceship (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's what you called it right <laughs> yeah i thought it looked badass yeah i know it looked cool and did you know they made that specifically for the movie which it makes sense like why would you yeah. show real tech yeah like no, no way like, that's no way. real anyways well <laughs> anyways. i don't think <laughs> well i mean like it, i'm sure it's possible like if you know but they wouldn't tell you about it if it was that's yeah, my point. yeah that's, that's my true, point that's true. they wouldn't tell you about it it looked badass though yeah i was like this is some weird like stealth bomber slash i don't know sr-71 combo it was cool and yeah. what, what i didn't know when i had to look into this was that um they actually got people from like Lockheed Martin, like those engineers, to actually design oh, okay. it, and it's actually cool. a one-to-one replica. Like I don't, it's basically like a functioning plane they made for the movie. Now, can it uh-huh. actually do ten Gs or whatever? I I doubt it, or maybe it can. I don't know. It seems like a lot of money to sink into just a film. Yeah, but <laughs> but it, at the very least, it flies. Oh, okay, you know what I mean? Like oh, that okay. that was a real yeah, yeah, yeah. like ship they constructed for this movie. I was like, what wow, the fuck? it's like. I'm sure, obviously, they don't own it. That's a lot of money to sink into something yeah, no, for a prop. That's probably going, back. That's probably going right, straight back to right the Lockheed back, Martin yeah. and probably the government. But that was super cool. I mean, seeing it in IMAX was crazy. I mean, that, 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 that initial scene sucked me right in. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I know how you felt about the original because we watched it to get ready for this one. Right. But, I mean, what, what, how did that set the tone for you? Like, how did you feel coming into it there? there you know what I mean? Uh, it felt a little heavy-handed in terms of, like, promoting the awesomeness that is tom cruise <laughs> but um i overall like it, it makes sense because it sets it sets the uh the stage for what to expect later down the line that's true yeah and so in, in that way it worked i i i sense I mean, it was a great action like uh, action piece, piece yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it like built uh built up really well it informed his character too with mm-hmm. the whole like pushing the boundaries like they even had an explicit yeah. line from one of his uh i, I don't know if this was I don't know, commanders or someone he worked with in the armed forces. He was like, dude, we just need 10.1 or 10. Like, not, we just need 10, right? That's the little benchmark we have to hit to keep this program alive, right? Yeah. Like, we don't need 10.1 or 10.2. And of course, he's like, a little more. Yeah, he went over. And he fucks it all up. (laughs) This dude has wrecked more fucking ships than anyone else, I would assume, in the armed forces that's still alive and still flying, like in this universe, right? Mm hmm. I'm like, how yeah, is this? Yeah, because he did that at the beginning of the first one, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up wrecking one of them. And then, of course, the whole incident with Goose, like, that jet's gone, too, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, just a whole bunch of stunts and shenanigans, a bunch of chicanery, you understand? <laughs> yeah. So, I'm like, dude, who is in, who's keeping this guy? And then we learn, which I do like how the movie attempts to answer a lot of the BS that it brings up. Like, how is he still employed? How is he still where he's at and getting away with all this? It's mm-hmm. just because Iceman, you know, his one-time rival back in the day, now, like, lifelong friend. Yeah. Who's now, like, the US, U.S., like, Navy fleet commander. Yeah, US, U.S. Pacific fleet commander or whatever. Is like really high up. He he ran his way up, and he's actually he's like his like um guardian angel, if you would, you know, <laughs> keeping him afloat. Right. Yes. So um, should we get into likes, Big Apple? What did you like? like. Talk to me, man. Well, obviously the the action, action the action was a lot better handled 
mm-hmm. uh like you were able to follow it a lot clearer obviously like modern day technology all that it played played a hand in that but uh i would argue on your point that it, yeah. it is a tighter script in terms of like mm-hmm. let's make let's focus on the action and let, let's make it make sense you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's all the action. Yeah, there, there was more purpose to the action. As exactly. Well. They set up pretty early on the mission, right? The whole mm-hmm. thing is the mission. What are we supposed to do? What are we carrying out? Why are we training right. these cadets? Yeah. Why is yeah. And the st- mission is the driving force of the whole, the overall story. Exactly. Well. Exactly. And so yeah. it felt more uh, concise and like pointed in that way. So mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Um, it was, I like seeing what most of the main players were up to in modern day. Uh, that was pretty satisfying. Like the, they even worked in uh, Iceman, Val Kilmer. Uh-huh. Uh, like we said, being commander of the U.S. Pacific Fleet, and as well his as his real life vocal condition, I didn't know that. I thought it was like a choice. Oh, that it was real life. I, so I figured actually, that might have been something. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was so sure. specific and you know natural that I was like, why would they mm-hmm. go out of their way to fake that specific condition when it could have been anything? Yeah. So it turns out he really did have about Val Kilmer did have about with throat cancer, and he beat uh, it. Okay. And and according to recent interviews, he physically feels fine. Like I guess he's recovered physically in terms of like no more cancer for the moment. Uh-huh. But he still has the lasting vocal cord damage, and it does sound hard, like harsh and and forced because you know damage was done to his throat. Yeah. Okay. So it's good to know that he's in good spirits and you know he's still with us, and yeah, he's doing good. other stuff too. He recently was in a movie with uh, his daughter, mm. and um, I don't know exactly what it's about, but I saw like a brief trailer, and I was like, okay, cool, still putting stuff out, and it brings awareness to that and the difficulties mm-hmm. of coming up with that. So I was like, interesting, hmm. interesting. But here, nice to hear that he's doing all right. Um, I enjoyed the paying homage to the original, especially at the beginning. Um, no, like okay, they're they're hitting a lot of the beats that the original had. Um, yeah, but and, and it was it, it mostly worked, right? Yeah, you know, of course, I, I know you had some <laughs> issue with it. We can get into it. Are you ready to get into it? No, I mean it's not like a strong issue, but like, but but yeah, I was wondering, yeah. I was worried about how much they would lean on that, you know, and how much it would right. change. And yeah. it, and sure enough, like we talked about last night, it does become a different movie about halfway through. Like they kind a of bit, acknowledge yeah. the past, and they're like, okay, that's done for here's what's happening now. And mm-hmm. I appreciated that because it was familiar, but different, but in the right ways. Like they did just enough fan service ish while still keeping it new and refreshing and like just exhilarating the whole way through. We've talked about it. I'll beat the action scenes to death. They were amazing. Especially in IMAX. <laughs> yeah. They were yeah, so satisfying. Yeah, they were all very cool. Very cool. And we'll get into the technology of that later. Um, another thing I liked, and I'm sure you might've appreciated this. Uh, it was the comedy in this movie it was surprisingly like well, like used and kind of like sprinkled throughout just right. Like, it wasn't, like, some people's criticisms with, like, Marvel movies where it's just, like, a joke every five seconds. Because this primarily is an action drama. Like, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But it's not afraid to have, like, a funny moment of levity here and there. And I think it serves the story really well. One of my favorite scenes Mm -hmm. is when they're in the forest. And Miles Teller came back uh, from saving Tom Cruise from, like, an attack chopper that was going to kill him after he already already crashed into the little snowy tundra or whatever. He's like, why are you here? What the hell are you doing here? And he was like. I came to save you. He was like, what were you thinking? He was like, I didn't think. Like, like he, yeah, told him, he kept hammering that the whole movie. Tom Cruise was hammering <laughs> don't to, think. to Rooster. Don't trust think. Your, just, trust your instincts. Yeah, exactly. Trust yeah. your instincts. You know, be a pilot and don't worry about things like that. So yeah. that was a great moment for me. <laughs> yeah, that was I was really like, good. what the hell? Um, there was a few moments like that in the movie. Like even, even the stuff that kind of gets into my dislikes, like the whole romance subplot, uh-huh. which was kind of like, I mean, we could do it without. It was a bit awkward. It, could, it was at times. Because yeah. it was just like, it almost like wasn't committed to enough. Like the will they won't they was kind of like, mm-hmm. aren't you a little old to be playing that? You know what I mean? Like yeah, as, it, as feel, a it felt like played out like something that that would be in the eighties. Yeah, and I think that's part of the whole paying homage thing too. It's like, right. Because right. remember how there was a romance thing back in the eighties, and like now we're doing that, but it's not as like it's not as much. And I appreciated that. I appreciated yeah. that it wasn't it wasn't so much, and it still served to show like a little bit of his personal life, like with the boating thing and how he, the whole joke mm-hmm. again. I'm. In the Navy, but I don't know how to like work a boat or you know. <laughs> right. Like, okay, that was yeah. fun. That was fun. Yeah, um, yeah, that was cool. So stuff like that. That was also nice. Um, but I was just kind of like, hmm, interesting. Um, going back to the balance of action to exposition was great. I really liked how they cut between training the Top Gun cadets, like for the timing and like the G's and all that they have to do, mm-hmm. or just even working with like your wingman and stuff and like the beginning training, like kind of like how we saw in the original Top Gun, yeah. and how we cut back to the classroom just effortlessly, like, what did you do wrong? I did this wrong, I did that wrong. Okay, why did you do this? Like people taking responsibility for all that. Like mm-hmm. it, was, it was a really effective way of like not showing us a 30 minute scene of them flying and then like a 30 minute scene of them right. talking about what happened while they were flying. Yeah, it was very, very much more concise. And efficient, I really mm-hmm. appreciated that. They weren't like wasting your time with it. Like they were, they were moving it, they're moving mm-hmm. it, we're moving the story. So like they learned a lot from it, I could tell. Yeah. I'm gonna briefly beat over you, beat you over the head with that third act. Um, about that third act, I just appreciated yeah. how they kept raising the stakes. I mean, they finally, finally somehow mm-hmm. got through that last mission, right? 
after Maverick pulls a Maverick and when he's finally dismissed by John Han's character, he like has to show that yeah. the course is possible. He steals like a multi-million dollar jet. Yeah. Again. Yeah, again. <laughs> he shows it's possible. He ends up flying with them, which of course it's Tom Cruise. He's gonna fly the last mission somehow. And um, <laughs> yeah. but they do it. And I appreciated how like after they complete the mission, they're still not out of the woods yet. Some shit goes sideways, they have to figure it out. Some other shit goes sideways, they have to figure it out. Like even like they're trying to get back to the, the fucking boat and they're still getting like attacked by the fifth generation fighter pilots and this kind of like a Dominic Toretto moment it's like it's not the, it's not the, <laughs> yeah. it's not the it's not the jet it's the pilot I'm just like what the fuck I live my life yeah. a quarter thousand miles at a time I don't know yeah <laughs> I just kind of got the energy by the end there but um I really liked it I mean like I know you had some problems with it do you want to speak to those real quick like um, you had some good points I'm not gonna lie like at the beginning you even told me in the theater you're like it was it was a very predictable movie yeah I, like, I can't I can't lie all the plot points you you could kind of tell um mm. While I agree with that, it didn't yeah. stop me from being entertained. And yeah, I, I yeah. I mean, that. it was definitely entertaining. I feel like it it kind of rode on the nostalgia a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you a little uh, too, too much? much? Yeah. At, at least at times, I, sure. I felt like um, there were just things like I couldn't quite get into. Sure. I I think one of your complaints that I agree with. We'll start with that one. The leaning into the nostalgia, uh, especially how like it's been thirty six years since the last one came out. I feel like they kind of had to go out of the way a little bit more to remind people what happened and remind you of the emotional gravity of what's going on. Right, right. Whereas people like me and you, we just saw it. Like, yeah. I feel like we might have they, thought differently if we hadn't seen the first one. Yeah. You might I have been they, like, oh, I needed that did, context. They did do a good job of uh, incorporating uh, some necessary scenes from the original mm-hmm. uh, to, to kind of fill in those gaps for, for general the, audience. Yeah, yeah, the general audience that didn't, sure. didn't quite see the first one. Right, and I think that's where it's strength and a weakness of doing a sequel because you have mm-hmm. all that baggage that people need to know if they don't remember or if they don't know. Right, Whereas people right. like me and you are like, can we get to the fun stuff? Like, we know what happened. Yeah. But some people need to know. So it's a double-edged sword. Um, finally, um, another point you made is that we, you wish we had more time with Miles Teller's character, and I agree. After yeah. thinking about that some more, I really yeah, do agree. Definitely. If we had one more scene or just another interaction that wasn't just kind of hinted at, they really saved a lot of the emotional baggage and then like reconciling for the very end during the most high stakes part of the mission. Mm-hmm. But it would have been nice other than some tongue in cheek, like looks and like feelings. Like if they, if they had some sort of, even if it was a flashback, just something to give us more of a tether between those two. Yeah. yeah very like maybe him, his, uh, him as a teenager or something. something, right. Or like, yeah. why did he decide to go that route? Just besides the fact that his dad did it and like gave his life doing that. You know what I mean? Like besides mm-hmm. that, like we, Gotta have a stronger reason. I appreciated the writers giving more friction to their relationship than just that his dad died while being his wingman or whatever during the accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Maverick actually pulled his papers and like basically delayed him four years. Yeah, in, in the armed services, right? Yeah, yeah. So like that, he had to fight for that too. That's another thing that I appreciated them doing to give more friction to those two characters. But right. it would have been nice maybe seeing that or the fallout from that more like back then. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. They had to do yeah, a lot. Yeah, I, I like the explanation of like why Maverick would do that. Like, um, mm-hmm. try to he had to figure out a way of being like the father that he that uh, Goose was supposed to be to him. And another thing too is he also feels that guilt also fuels his choices in the conference room too with his higher ups. I forget John Hamm's exact position, but mm-hmm. he's obviously answering to him because he's only a captain. And yeah. he's like, you know, we need to do this. We we have three weeks. We got to get this mission done. This and that. He's like, and he's like, we, they got to do this. They got to hit their target. And then Maverick goes out of the way to say, and come home, right? Like, that's yeah, the most yeah. important thing. Like, that was a nice beat. And I was like, ah, like, he's learned. Like, he's mm-hmm. like, that guilt, you know, informs his actions. And he's trying to train them to survive this. Even going so far in the third act as to sacrificing himself to, to not let Rooster <laughs> yeah, die. Right. And I was like, and wow. Like, I was like, Rooster yeah. does the same thing. Yeah. And then he does the same <laughs> yeah. thing. It's a whole circle joke of saving each other. But still, but still, yeah. the, 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 right. it's, it's the uh, gesture that's nice. And like, uh-huh. I like those character moments, even if the, um, they were sparing, you know what I mean? Sparingly used. So mm-hmm. I want to get into more, but do you have to? I feel like you have to go. Yeah. Should we save the yeah. trivia for later? Sure. Yeah. We'll All right. We'll, we'll pick this up. We'll pick this up. Ready for some fun facts about Top Gun Maverick, Big Apple? Yeah. Hit me with Let's them. Let's hit you with them. Okay. So I don't know if I mentioned this. The Dark Star ship. That's what it was called. Dark Star. On some Star Wars ship. That that ship we saw in the beginning, the experimental one. Yeah. I told you that oh, that was okay, d- developed okay. by Lockheed Martin in conjunction with the filmmakers, right? right? Okay. Cool. And then it was a one-to-one replica. They pursued. Did, did I tell you that at the beginning, when the Dark Star took off, uh, there was only one take, and that take actually literally destroyed the set, like that mm. roof being ripped off? That really oh, happened. Wow. Like that was all practical. Like that really happened <laughs> in in camera. So man, that's a powerful ship, and it was very close to. That's I mean, crazy. Yeah, it was cool. It was a cool little tidbit. Thought I'd share it. Um, did I mention that the actors worked with real Top Gun, uh, 
uh, fighter pilots, and they were the oh, ones okay. actually flying the jets. They were many times um, positioned behind them, like uh-huh. uh, as the wingmen, if you would. Right, right. Or whatever. They would be doing the actual flying, and the actors had to mimic them perfectly and all that. Ooh. So, yeah. fun to know. On that note, without proper preparation, G-forces exerted on the body by acceleration can result in illness and a dangerous loss of consciousness, like we saw in the film when they pushed the limits mm-hmm. uh, in the final act. So to combat that, Tom Cruise personally designed a rigorous month-long program to introduce his Coast Guards to different jets and kind of like build them up from like a smaller little Cessna, I believe, all the way up to like an F-18 or whatever they were flying in the movie. Oh, wow. So um, he had them get them, re- get them ready to go. And the more right. intense part that uh, they do in actual training um, yeah. is uh, he put them in like some, like some pools and like was like doing like simulated drownings and like how to evacuate, like how to vacate a, a, a ship or some sort of vessel. When mm. you're completely underwater and you're destroying okay, right. and all that. So he put them through all that. That was fun. Damn, that's so was, cool. Yeah, so I was like, man, they kind of went through it. It's <laughs> fun. I like that. Yeah. So all the cast did that. They had to fill out daily forms for crews to review until they're ready for the real Navy pilots to pick them up and fit them in between real training. So like it was very clockwork. Like They had to be ready to go. So that was cool. Wow. And uh, what was also neat was the technology they used. Uh, the six IMAX quality cameras that they fit <laughs> into the, yeah. the jet. You're just a fake, man. <laughs> you're fucking gone, aren't you? What was also cool was that t- crews actually really waited for the technology to be ready to shoot this film. Like, so, because yeah. you remember in Mission Impossible, the one with Henry Cavill, whatever that one was, when they were Henry flying. Cavill. That was the last one, right? I think seven? it was the last one. Was it six, I believe? Seven? I want to say seven. I want to say six. I'm going to put my money on six. We'll figure it out later. Okay. Oh, anyway, regardless, <laughs> they had the little sp- yeah. special fancy IMAX cameras that were mounting on the side of helicopters and this and this and that. Well, they had right. to find a- figure out a way to fit six in the cockpit of his F-18s, or otherwise Cruz didn't want to do it. He wanted to see all the angles. Wow. Wanted all that good yummy yummy. That's crazy. And they actually had some mounted, obviously, on the outside of the plane. And they yeah, also had, like, yeah. a cine jet, too, that follows them with a bunch of cameras. It was tight. Good stuff. So I was like, I was like, cool. I'm like, I'm glad that he's always pushing for the latest and greatest in uh, entertainment. That's about it uh, for fun facts. I'm sure there's more, but uh, that's all I felt like looking up. So Sweet. Sharing. That was a lot. Yeah. More than you would think. But it was Plenty. worth it, wasn't it? Yeah. Plenty. Plenty. <laughs> much you would say <laughs> no not enough i would say i'm a nerd anyway yeah. <laughs> uh, any, any last thoughts on top gun maverick no no you're done with it canceled it was fun but yeah um, yeah you just didn't appreciate it again you just didn't see the it's not for me that's fair i'll give you that one uh your notes aren't ready for kenobi right we'll, we'll save it Allegedly. no at least i don't know why they started on a friday with a double premiere so yeah. weird. anyway i think that's everything we had to get to in this one and slash two week podcast. <laughs> so it's fun. Sometimes it goes like that, people. Deal with it. Um, I guess for Media Munchers, I'm Matthew. And I'm Major. And we're going to catch you on the flip side, y'all. <laughs>